Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer, musician, and professional skateboarder, Ray Barbie. Ray Barbie has exhibited his photography around the world, done collaborations with Leica cameras, Ilford Film, and Van Shoes, to name a few. Beyond his work with photography, Ray is a touring musician and has been a professional skateboarder for over 25 years. Ray started his skate career riding for Pau Peralta Skateboards and had video parts in the legendary Pau Peralta videos titled Ban This and Public Domain. Ray is someone who I've been a fan of since I was a kid watching his skating and more recently I've become a fan of his music and photography so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him so I hope you enjoy it and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Ray Barbie, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, really excited to have you on. Uh, been a big fan of your work for years. You do a lot of different things, music, photography, skateboarding. So excited to get into it. And uh, a small story, um, growing up, one of my good friends, Alexis Sablone, was sponsored by the same company as you, The Firm. And whenever, oh, she, cool. whenever I got boxed, whenever she'd get a box, they'd throw in a Ray Barbie board in for me. So for years, I only skated your board, man. Uh, so I figured I'd just tell, <laughs> tell you that, that story. Well, uh, dude, right, right on. I didn't, I didn't know you skated. So super cool, man. Oh, yeah, a long time. Um, but I guess, man, to start off, I was kind of curious, like, we're kind of living in crazy times right now. The last four months has been a lot going on in the world. I guess, like, how's the last four months been for you? Like, have you still been, like, inspired to be creative and create music or skate or create photography? Or, like, how's how's life, man? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, whew, understatement, right? Of just um, how heavy um, just this time is, right? And starting, yeah, it's so crazy to think that it's been four months, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say early, early on, like the first month, you're just kind of like, woo, right? Like that, that, that the learning curve or not the learning curve, but just the, the contrast of like, whoo, we're going to commit to staying in, mm-hmm. right? Like you, um, during that time, um, you know, I, I'd say during that time it was kind of more just kind of, you know, mellow in the sense of not feeling this urgency to be doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it was a big like exhale, like, okay, okay. This, what does this look like? What's going on? Right. So I would say that first month was a lot of just kind of on the upside of that, like, wow, spending all this time with my family because I'm always traveling and everything. And, and just the, the rhythm and the patterns of our family, because, my wife Stephanie, and then our we have two boys, right? So our oldest, Nolan, who's 18, and then his Max, who's 13. And so, you know, Max still being in middle school, you know, and my wife being a teacher, the routine was, you know, me getting Max when I'm in town, you know, the alarm goes off at 5:30, you know, yeah. she's out the door at like 6:30 for work, then. I can't really go back to sleep because I've got to get the boys up or I've got to get Max up at, you know, seven and then take him to school. Yep. And so it was kind of this like, wow, we can sleep in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow, we're all hanging out. Wow. We actually we're spending all this time with each other, but we don't want to kill each other. Like, <laughs> you know, and so, so there was a neat little, uh, you know, weird kind of, 
you know, that dynamic happening, yeah. you know? And then, um, you know, in that last about a month, and then it was just like, okay, what, what am I doing? Like, yep. I want to do something, you know? And so thankfully, right around that time, Vance, Vance had reached out to me, Vance Shoes, and, um, you know, because from time to time, they'll reach out to me to do music for some of their, like, commercial spots and things like that. Yeah. And they have this campaign that they were going to, that was geared towards the Olympics, that they were still going to, um, even though it was at that time, even though it was already came out that the Olympics were going to be pushed, they mm -hmm. still were moving forward with this campaign, right? Mm -hmm. And the campaign was like, um, you know, it was like, I think they're creating like 11 30-second spots, but they wanted one song to kind of be the, the identity stamp over to bring them all together kind of thing, yeah. you know? And so that opportunity came early on, which was fun because then, uh, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Let's work on music. Let's record this, you know, working with the director. And it's a process to, to, um, to create music for their vision or create music that can um, function and, and serve the visual, right? Because yeah. you're, you're, you're scoring for 30 seconds. You know, it's like a 30-second score, which the challenges in that is its own other can of worms, right? Do you like, um, the, do you like that challenge? Because, so, like, a lot of your work, you're kind of, music-wise, you're just kind of creating yourself. But, like, even, like, photography, because I noticed you'll do some stuff with, like, some of the brands you work with, like, be it Vans or Element. Do you kind of like that challenge of, like, working in the parameter of, like, a project that someone else is kind of collaborating on? I love I love collaborating with people, um, you know, and, and I, I acknowledge also that some of my hesitation to put myself in that scenario is tied to me feeling like I might not pull it off, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but but I'm but I'm very grateful that because of the community and because this isn't what I do and people know this isn't what I do when they do come to me, it's very open for me to do what I do yeah. in the context of what they need. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a, there's like a, a, a you know, and, and I think also um, I can tell early on if this is something like, like I, 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 I feel confident in that, you know, it's, it's like bombing a hill, right? Like when you bomb a hill, mm -hmm. there's a certain window where you can bail off and not get pummeled and rocked and <laughs> the momentum won't take you, right? Yeah. And you can kind of stomp it out, right? Like run it out. And and I guess what I'm trying to say is like I kind of trust that moment when I'm talking and try and giving the first attempts. I can kind of sense like you know what? Okay. I feel like I can take this hill. I feel like I can get to where they want. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? Nah, I'm going to bail out. Like maybe you guys should get somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I'm thankful that I haven't had to bail out and, and, and I'm been more encouraged by having rolled out without slamming, if you will, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the projects, you know, but, um, so, but anyways, it was nice to have that, um, that project at that time, you know, and to be able to focus on music and creating for this, you know. And then right after that, I have another friend that does a podcast called Comfort Monk. And, you know, and it's like a music 
podcasts, real, you know, interviewing musicians and things, you know, yeah. but you know, the crossover with skateboarding and stuff, you know, and same thing, like those guys come from skating. So they want to interview some skaters that play music and things. And so they, they came up with wanting to do an, um, uh, compilation with all the artists. Um, what I mean to say is all the artists that were guests on the podcast covering each other's songs. Oh, wow. And so, and so you have a list of, you know, you have a, I guess it'd kind of be the equivalent of like your podcast for photographers. It'd be the photography equivalent um, of like, say everybody printed in the dark room. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be like, okay, Ray, pick somebody who I've had on my podcast that you print their neg basically. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, um, so anyways, that project was fun because, I looked and saw, you know, I'm friends with uh, one of my heroes, dude, Mike Watt from uh, the Minutemen and Firehose and, and played with the Stooges. And, and one of his first bands was with his ex-wife, Kira um, Raza for, from uh, Black Flag. They have a band together called Dose. Okay. And it's two, it's two bases, you know. And so I saw that Kira was on the show and, and then being friends with Mike, I was like, man, I want to cover a Dose song. So that project was fun because Kira sings and writes a lot of that music. And so um, it was neat to try to create something that would honor, you know, their idea and, and what they do, but have my fingerprint on it, you know? And that, that's pressure, man, because I, it's like you're taking someone else's work and it's like you got to show respect to it. It's like a, you feel like it's a added, an added level of like pressure, kind of. It's printing. It's printing someone's neck. Yeah. It's like, don't di- don't. <laughs> I, I di- just, hey, Ray, don't I, disrespect my neck, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't have some blown out highlights and dark shadows. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> give me a full tonal print. Right. And so. Um, so that was fun because I got my friend, Rachel Ann, who she plays in a band with her husband, uh, uh, Matt Rainwater and, and, um, Tony Alva, Tony Alva plays bass in that band and, 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 um, and and it's called his eyes have fang. And so the direction that I wanted to approach, I was like, man, Rachel Ann would be great for this. So thankfully with technology, I could cook up of the bulk of the idea of the arrangement and then send it over to her and then she records your vocals and everything sends it back to me via, uh, uh, I think we used, um, we transfer or whatever. Yeah. And then I reach out to my buddy, Chuck trees out in Philly. And I'm like, Chuck, like, you know, could you put some drums on this? You know, I'm, I'm kind of hearing like, kind of like a, um, trip hop kind of approach or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, kind of in the vein of Portishead or whatever. And then Chuck going to the studio, recorded, send me back the files and then me go over to my buddy, Carlos and, um, uh, who's got a, a home studio set up, uh, out in Eagle rock. And then, so that was a fun project that was on the back end of the Vans project. So, so anyways, like the first half, first two months, it was just good to just kind of be functioning in music and, and and I have been just trying to work on a new album and, and work on a project musically and stuff. So mm. um, just now starting to um, 
skating, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's been mostly music because even shooting the way I shoot is capturing my life, but my family, they're so over my shooting oh, and really? I want to be respectful. Are they sick of you? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course, man. They, they've gone through so many years of, so, um, you know, and my kids are of the age now where it's just, they don't want dad pointing his lens at them all the time. And I want to be respectful to that. So, yeah. and because we're doing, we're mostly staying here. I'm, and I'm not trying to shoot them. I'll shoot little moments and little things, mm -hmm. but for the most part, there's not much shooting happening. I really wish I had my own private dark room because I feel like I'd have like three shows printed by now. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like the tough thing I struggle with too because most of my photography is like portrait based and people and like documentary. And like you said, like most of your work is based on this kind of shooting your life. It might might be your skate friends or music friends or wherever you're traveling. And we're in this like weird time where like you can't, it's like you can't interact with people because we have this virus. So it's like, I'm like at the four, I'm in month four and I'm like, got like photo withdrawals, man. Like I want to get out there and shoot, but at the same time, I'm like still trying to be safe. Cause it's like this ongoing thing. You don't know what it's going to be, you know? Totally. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I do want to work on a project where it's panoramic and shooting like, you know, abstract approach to street spots, basically, you yeah. know? Um, but you know, a lot of the ideas for that is traveling mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for the, for the spots and things, you know? And so, um, but you know, um, I, I, you know, it reminds me of like, I learned, I, I started playing guitar right when I started skating. Um, but it always took a backseat to skateboarding, right? Until high school. And then I started playing a little more because I met friends at high school that, were playing in like a classic rock band and and they knew that i you know dabble with guitar and so they're like come jam with us and through that it you know kind of uh, it motivated me to pick up the guitar more and kind of progress and get past the, the the power chord punk rock thing that i started with you know mm -hmm. um and so but um but it was um it was during um, the times of me hurting myself that I had the most growth skateboarding. I mean, I'm sorry, playing music. Oh, because you, you had the you know, time. Tweak my, tweak, my, tweak, tweak my ankle. So now what am I going to do? Oh, cool. Play guitar. Why not? You know what I mean? You... And, so, um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm thankful that there's, there's a verse in the Bible that I love. It says there's a proper time and procedure for every matter. Yeah. And so right now it's a time and procedure for, yeah, it's not really set up to be shooting. Yeah. It hasn't really been set up to really skate. It's starting to, but functioning in the music. So it's reminding me of that kind of, um, just times where one thing takes the front seat, if you will, depending on circumstances and everything. And so, during this time, yeah, music's kind of taking it, you know, that's, where, that's cool. where with the traveling and everything, yeah. the photography was taking it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and so, yeah, it's like, well, I trust that, man, we're going to get back to it, mm -hmm. you know, it's all right, you know, it's like my buddy Solomon Aga, pro skater, um, 
don't know if you remember Solomon, but uh, oh yeah, but anyway, and, Solomon, and owner of Pizza Nista, badass pizza spot in Los Angeles. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so Solomon would always say, like, you know, times when he spend X amount of days of not skating, he's just like, look at man, you eat till you're full, and then you wait till you're hungry again, you eat again. Yeah, and it's just that kind of approach to, you know, uh, his interests and things that he does, you know, and so. Um, I'm getting hungry to be shooting. I'm just not at the restaurant yet. We'll wait till, um, you know, the opportunities arise again to be like clicking away and 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 exploring ideas and stuff. You and, know, and like, but it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's all right that it's not functioning right now. Yeah, you can't like I think having this amount of time myself is like. I think I learned is like you have all this time. It's like you can't really like force creativity. Like, I mean, interesting thing about you is you do a lot of different things. Like, like we said, like you do photography, you do music and you skate. And like, how do you approach those three different like creative endeavors? Like, is it kind of just like you said, you just kind of when you're feeling it, you kind of your your eggs are in the photography basket or your your music is this you're, you're in this lane where you're, you're being creative in that route or you kind of get in the routine of skating a lot or like how do you kind of balance all those different things you do because it's really amazing that you're really good at all three of them <laughs> you know oh that's encouraging thanks for the compliment um but yeah I, you know i feel like accessibility and functioning and I guess what I'm trying to say is that all of the interests that I've been exploring or gravitate towards or try to, um, you know, develop, if you will, because there's so many interests, but some don't, some don't work out because of it's not conducive to the others. Does that make sense? And yeah. so, like, you know, playing guitar and skateboarding, work together because at some point your body is going to be too tired to skate. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're not on your board, what are you doing? You know, and when you're 13, 14 and you're a part of this community and culture, that's just so rich with creativity and with, um, you know, what I always call the, the various patches of the quilt, the quilt being skateboarding, but the patches being all the various, um, you know, interests or, or, or crafts that comprise of it, whether it's photography, cinematography, music, you know, uh, graphic arts, art, you know what I mean? This mm -hmm. is what builds the culture and the, and the industry for that matter. Right. Yep. And so, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is there was a natural desire to pick up an instrument because as we're skating, cause I grew up in the backyard ramp era of the late eighties. So our soundtrack is all this punk rock music, you know what I mean? And because MTV, it just came out also, then there was, there was that influence also, you know, right with, with the listening to punk at the sessions, but then seeing live bands on TV 24-7 because MTV, when it first came out, yep. they had the lofty aspiration of being 24-7 music channel. Mm -hmm. But because there was no videos at that point, like people weren't making 
you know, uh, themed or videos for a song, then so much of the stuff was concert footage, you know? So you're seeing a lot of people performing, you know, through um, MTV. And so the combination of that and, you know, the music and the music aspect of skateboard culture that um, drew me to like, man, I want to play guitar. And then the accessibility came through skateboarding because my friends that I skated with were playing in punk bands. And then they were the dudes being like, hey, the faction is playing. Let's go see them because it's an all age gig or whatever. You know what I mean? And so the exposure to all of that stuff that plays such a huge part of you actually doing it, you know? And so, again, you know, I eventually got in the punk band because basically when I got into skateboarding, it was in between sixth and seventh grade. Mm. And so it was the summer before seventh grade. And so my friend that I cruised around and, you know, we got into whatever we were getting into in our neighborhood, um, my friend Danny, his dad got him a skateboard for his birthday because his birthday was that summer, right? It was over in the summer. And so he gets a skateboard. Typically, we're always riding our bikes around. But he gets a skateboard for his birthday, and now he's on the skateboard, and I'm on my bike, and I'm just like, dude, I want to get one of those. (laughs) And we go back to school for seventh grade, and we're trying to hang out with the surfer skaters because now we're like, dude, we're skaters, right? We got a skateboard because I was able to get one because his dad, who got him a skateboard, his dad grew up in the park era with skateboarding I should say in the 70s during the when the parks were happening in the late 70s yeah. or throughout you know mid 70s but they were demolished late like eight, early 80s late 70s because of insurance premiums skyrocketing and people couldn't uh, keep the lights on you know yeah. um, and so he had his old 70s Sims wood kick in the garage. And when Danny was riding his new board, which was a Veriflex Vectra, um, and I'm on my bike and I'm crying, being like, I want to get a skateboard. And he's like, dude, I think my dad will give you his old one. And I think I know where it is in the garage. Sure enough, there it was in the garage. And so I finished out the summer skating on that board with Danny. So we go back to school, seventh grade, and now our identity at least we think is, dude, we're skateboarders, right? Nice. And then we saw we saw where the skateboarders and the surfers hung out. They hung out the wall, and they were the cool dudes, right? And we were just like, dude, we want to identify with those guys. Like, we want to be with them, right? Yeah. But we didn't know any of them, and we were so afraid. Yeah. And so we hung out at the other end of the wall, trying to be a part of it, but not get found out that we're not a part of it, not only by other people, but by them, you know? <laughs> and so... Sure enough, um, you know, one of the guys comes over to us and just, like, introduced himself. And he's like, you know, what do you guys do? And we're like, oh, we skate. Even though our clothes, like, we're still wearing, I don't know, I probably had some Chuck Taylors and Levi's and, like, a Latigra shirt or something. But those dudes had, like, fans and they had, uh, like, surf shirts or skate shirts, Santa Cruz or Yep. So I grew up in San Jose, California, so Santa Cruz is just an hour away, you know. Got it. So there's a lot of Santa, Santa Cruz skateboard stuff, you know. Um, 
But basically, those dudes that embraced us, the brotherhood of skaters that were like, you skate, we skate too, come hang out with us. Those dudes opened me up and showed me the culture. And those are the dudes that played in punk bands and had a quarter pipe at the house. So, you know, after school, they'd have band practice. I'd hang out during the band practice. And then after band practice, we'd skate the quarter pipe at the same house in the garage, you know? And so um, it was through those guys that playing music, playing guitar became accessible to me. But you can see the way it functioned. It it can slot in in the process. Yeah. We'll do that right here, and then we go skate. And then when we can't skate anymore and the neighbors are saying, okay, enough's enough, then we can go back to playing, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it, and so, I guess what I'm trying to say is like these interests that I have, the, it's like a tetris kind of thing where these are interests that fill in the gaps in between the other interests. Mm. And, where for, and where photography fell in so well is especially traveling and touring, playing music or traveling in general, all that downtime, especially a music tour where, you know, that regiment is, you know, you go, you know, wake up, everybody links up. we got to make our way to the venue. Sound check is at two o'clock. Sound check is done. Tours don't open till eight or nine. You don't go on until 11. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a lot of down, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of time to just be having fun, exploring the place with your camera or just documenting this experience with these people that not only do you have an emotional connection with, but others do too. And so, um, so anyways, the camera fell right in with the skateboard and the guitar. And literally, because I'm traveling with my skateboard and my guitar on me, and I got my camera, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, it's like it's it, it, it's it's the nature of them being able to fill in the gaps it's just, that it's, allows it, it, it to function. Yeah, it's just natural. You kind of just go with it. It's part of your life, and you know, a lot of people like looking at your you you've like accomplished a lot within skateboarding and music and well, photography now, and like. Uh, when you're first starting out, like when you first pick, picked up that skateboard or camera or the guitar, were these things that like came naturally for you? And are you just someone that is this like focuses in really well, like when you're trying to learn a new skill or something? Because I think a lot of people like myself, I've never played music. Like when I look at a, a guitar, it's just like I don't know anything about it. So when you kind of look back at those times when you first got into these two different skill sets, is it like? Did it just take you a long time to keep practicing and practicing? And like, what do you kind of tell people that are maybe interested in kind of picking up that guitar for the first time? Cause it can be intimidating for people, you know? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like one thing that skateboarding inherently builds in you, right. Is this tenacity, right. Mm-hmm. And this, there's a, there's an, there's a, a, a work, ethic that gets ingrained right but what's tied to that work ethic is perseverance you know like you're not easily discouraged you know especially especially if you're getting to a place to where you can you're working on a video part or you're sponsored right like like i i guess what i'm trying to say is like i've never really i believe god's given everybody their abilities and their talents and everything but you have to work it out, yep. right? 
Um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I don't believe in the, like, wow, like, people would say about, like, Guy Mariano, like, or, or, or Daywon Song, or, you know, these pro skateboarders that, it's kind of like wine, man. Like the older these cats get, they get better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and and a lot of people want to chalk that up to like, oh, it's just a natural talent or such a God-given talent or whatever. But I feel that that dishonors the hard work that those dudes applied that talent to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the person with the good work ethic could do more than the person with that natural talent that people were saying natural talent doesn't just do it like you have to work hard you know what i mean and i guess what i'm trying to say is that like um skateboarding taught me that you know just that work ethic of like man you got to stick with it and you got to work hard at it but not only do you have to do it but you like i thrive on it does, yeah. that, does that make sense yeah, like you love it. i need it yeah. yeah i need it to feel like like it's a craft right you know like um you know, when I wanted to start shooting photos, like a huge, there were a lot of things that, that kind of got me over, um, I don't know how you want to say it, the hump of just talking about it, but doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was me coming, it was me coming to a place of realizing that I'm blowing it, that man, um, what a neat opportunity to do what we're afforded to do. Yeah because of riding a skateboard, you know what I mean? And like, and not only that, but understanding that like, well, thinking also that, man, why aren't I capturing these moments, yep. right? Because these are special, like all, everything about this, I feel is special, right? And then I started thinking, how fun would it be to do that in a way that is, that, even adds worth to that moment mm. that expresses that moment in a way that even makes it that much. There's like even another element to elevate that moment, if you will. And that's where I started thinking like, man, like just, just, just admiring and having such respect with the craft of like a master printer, mm -hmm. you know, like growing up in skateboarding and thankfully because of the opportunity to be, to get sponsored and turn pro and to be around such gifted and talented photographers in skateboarding. And at a time where these dudes had their own dark rooms or these dudes would print the, the, their photos in the mag at the dark room at the magazines because Thrasher and Transworld had their, their printers there and they had a dark room. They functioned in that way. Me being exposed to that and being aware of the qualities of that, mm -hmm that played a huge part of me wanting to get in the dark room and create prints. Yeah. And so the printing was just as much if not a little more of the motivation behind wanting to document these moments in my life. Cause I wanted to see the completion of it expressed in this print that was singing and exciting and just, speaking to me you know yeah you have you and have, so you have like an interesting perspective on photography i think that a lot of people probably don't in in regards that you you've been a pro skateboarder for a long time and like part of the job if you want to call it that is 
getting photos like might be a catalog for the brand so they're going to shoot portraits of you in the clothes then it's like getting the the action photo of you doing tricks and stuff so you're like you spent this time in your life being in front of the camera as well as behind like it's kind of like when you're like a pro skateboarder early on and you're like collaborating with these other photographers who are photographing you did you kind of draw inspiration from those people? And is there like anything you kind of learned from being on the other side of the camera, you think? Well, it's, you know, I, I, yeah, I drew, it inspired me so much that that's what I was trying, that's what I'm trying to say led me to shooting Mm. was being exposed to their craft being, you know, like us going out like Tobin Yeelan or Gabe Mulford, like us going out and getting a photo for Thrasher interview in, in uh, San Francisco or something. And then, um, you know, they shoot a photo and then I see them a couple of days later and they hand me a print mm-hmm. and they printed it in their dark room. And I was just like, how special that felt, you know, or going to their shows, you know, when they'd have their shows at the skate shops or galleries and seeing their prints, mm-hmm. and just being like, just having so much, respect for that craft you know what i mean uh and um and me knowing that that's a part of the craft yeah and knowing that like not everybody can do that like you have to work hard to get to that you know what i mean i love that about skateboarding like it takes almost i don't know what it is nowadays maybe half the time (laughs) but you know you spend almost a good year really getting a handle on how to ollie. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And, but without the ollie, you can't do anything. So the learning curve, just to hop in the investment, just to get that part before you can even fathom a lot of the other things that you might be inspired to, to attain to, you know? Um, and obviously I'm talking about street skating ramps, a whole different thing, but learning curve is still super steep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you, know, you, gotta have, you gotta have patience yeah you have to have tenacity yeah. and committed you know what I mean and not easily you can't be easily discouraged mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of rejection and push through it you know mm-hmm. and so I guess that informed a lot of um, uh, what interests me is you know that fight if you will or just that crap. Like, it's like, man, you're not going to get to this. When you look at somebody's print, and you're like, man, this print is beautiful. That cat worked hard, dude, yep. to, 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 to be able to do that, like, years. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, the crap, to build that crap. Thousands of sheets of paper. Like, I, I'm sure, like, everyone, the dude. first time they get in the dark room, you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out how to get your easel right so it's like perfectly like lined up so your photo's not in the bottom right hand corner and it's just kind of figuring out not how to <laughs> overexpose it and learn how to dodge it the right way um yeah because like, and you're, you're talking you're talking about the hurdles of the craft yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's, yeah like, back then because i remember when i first picked up a camera I didn't. And I was shooting with flash, and I didn't really understand what shutter sync was. And I was like, "Why is there a black? Yeah. Why is there a black line in the middle of all my photos?" Not realizing that I was shooting too fast. Which back then, I, I, I probably burned through like 
10 rolls of film before I figured out what it was because there was not like YouTube back then, you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, totally. You actually had to like, yeah. read a book or talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, man. It's like, for me, it's, it's such a huge part of the experience is the process, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, one thing that skateboarding kind of taught me too, when I say skateboarding, meaning the culture and the community was, you know, putting that work in before you're putting it out there also, you know, um, and and trusting people to let you know if it's happening or not, Mm -hmm. you know, if what you're doing is functioning, you know, um, and, and a lot of that comes from, I guess just kind of, you have a high skateboarding creates a high standard to your work that you, that you try to attain to because skateboarding doesn't lie. If you will, like if you have an idea to do something, you're either going to make it or you're going to slam. There's no faking it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And so because of that, um, and because skateboarding, you know, as much as I love it, it's probably the most critical community there is. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, so much of it. There, like people, I'm sure you run to like people criticize you because I have friends who are pro skateboarders and they'd be like, "Why are you sponsored by this person? Like you're a sellout." Or like, "Why are you doing uh like varial flips? Like people will shit on varial flips for some totally, reason." Totally, totally. So it's like, yeah, totally. like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So when you grow up in that environment, you to stay in that environment, you develop a tough skin. But what but what you develop also again is this kind of uh, uh, standard also. Mm-hmm. And that standard serves you, I feel like, because if you surround yourself with the, the people that have similar standards and you trust them to speak into what you're doing, then I feel like that plays a big role in how skateboarders have a higher rate of pushing into other things and being able to be uh, just as good, if you will, like a Spike Jones or Jason Lee or so many people that um, go off into other things, but because of that standard, they bring they bring something to that other environment that functions really well and functions at a high caliber. If that makes sense, yeah. Like you very rarely you very rarely hear about like a basketball player going into hip hop and really making a mark. Or you know what I mean, yeah. like, um, and not to say that it ha- it can't happen. I just can't cite any, um, and Sha- that's not to say that it's Sha- not happening. Sha- Shaq's got some hits, man. We could pull those up, Ray. Shaq's got some hits. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell 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 Talib Kweli about Shaq's hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but you're, you're right. I think, like, I think that all goes back to like. And I talked to this about whenever I talk to photographers, because I think one of the interesting and the hardest things about being a photographer, and I would imagine it's similar to whatever art you're doing, like music or skateboarding or whatever, is like trying to find your voice. Like, who are you? Oh, yeah. Like, what are you trying to convey? Yeah. And how long, and maybe you're still trying to discover it. Like, when you kind of first got into photography, like, how did you kind of find your voice? Do you start off just trying to like mimic what other people are doing or like, how do you kind of figure out like who you are as an artist? That's a great question, man. I feel like that 
that is the million dollar question for everybody, right? Because that's what everybody uniquely brings to the table. It's their fingerprint, you know? Um, And I think when people, if people understand the value in that, then there could be a little more, um, I guess, uh, wisdom towards how to attain it, Mm -hmm. which could save a lot of unnecessary kind of um, avenues that you can go down uh, and not find serves that, you know? And so, um, so anyways, that's, I'm just saying that's a great question. Um, for me, a lot of times I've just, it's trusting that the hardest thing is just to get going, yeah. just to get started, just do it. Right. And not, and not get too caught up in knowing it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but allowing it to surface because the work a lot of times, if we're talking about photography, you know, I can't encourage enough the importance of editing. Yeah. You know, looking looking at your photos, I don't care what you're shooting, iPhone, digital, cameras, film, whatever, just make it a habit to edit your work and even just just looking at however many frames and just looking through it and just picking. It's something my buddy Thomas Campbell encouraged me with because I, I had the honor uh, of um, hanging my prints at the Leica um, headquarters in, in Wetzlar, Germany, right? And so they, they built a, a, a museum. They built a hotel. Um, it's the Ernest Lights Hotel. Damn. Um, and they built, they built a building for their cinema lenses because they want to push more towards the cinema lenses, right? And and there was another building because they want to do watches, but I don't I don't know where that's sitting. Damn. <laughs> but Damn. but but at any rate, they had a big grand opening festivity celebrating the new. They call it Lights Park, right? All right. And so it's this experience. They're setting it up. There's a cafe there. You know, you've got the restaurant with the hotel. They're setting it up to where you can come, stay at the hotel, and experience all things like a, you've got the galleries, you've got tours, all of that, right? And so the big grand opening for that, they wanted, um, they wanted to have musicians that are photographers. Yeah. And so they reached out to me to, to come play, but then they wanted me to hang my prints. You know, and I've always had this idea of... Um, even when I first started to print in the dark room, um, I was like, man, it'd be so fun to do a book like one year with one camera, one lens, Mm -hmm. you know, but I never, never got around to it. And 10 years later, it was like a, you know, I thought about that because I was like, dude, what the, I'm all over the place with what I shoot. Right. So like, and they want like roughly 15 to 20 images. I'm like, dude, what is the narrative? Like, what is this? I shoot anything and everything. <laughs> and so, and so, um, I was like, man, maybe I could do, maybe I could call it 10 years with one camera, one lens, you know? And, 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 and so anyways, I had like 10 years of just images to look at. Right. And, 
I can't keep up. I process all my on my own, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can't keep up with my shooting. And so you know, I've got like at that point it was like two hundred rolls processed for that ten years, you know, and then probably like three hundred unprocessed, and Damn. I processed I processed like another hundred for this for for the show, you know. Yeah. So I had roughly three hundred rolls to look at, and and my buddy Thomas who. He's kind of one of the only guys that I know that can actually edit himself. You know, he's got a publishing company called Um Yeah Arts, and he puts he puts his books, he edits his books, but then oh, yeah. he helps. Ed, you know, I got a, Ed, Ed Templeton. Yeah, and, I got Ed Templeton's book. He he has his book through Um Yeah Arts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so I reached out to Thomas, and I was like, I was doubting. I was like, man, I'll go play, but I don't know about hanging my photos. Like, cause. <laughs> Cause to me, cause to me, it's like Carnegie hall for my heroes. Cause quickly I learned what kind of photography I, you know, what the tools I wanted to use for the type of photos that I wanted to make. And, mm-hmm. and it quickly showed me that a rangefinder was the tool of choice for what I'm wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And then the rangefinder, much like the guitar, then it opens you up to the practitioners that built the craft, to um such a body of work to be inspired by and and attain to if you will you know and so so anyways the rangefinder led me to magnum then magnum leading me to like the school of photography that i embraced basically yeah it's just kind of like dark which dark- which to me yeah, the idea of like you're grabbing the moment, you know, it's not set up. It's like street skating. It's like you're responding. It's like playing music. Like you're responding and reacting. You're not, um, it's, it, you know, it's like improvising, like street skating, us going out, walking out the front door and going skating. Like I'm responding to something that's in front of me that wasn't there the other day because it rained the day before, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this reacting kind of experience or whatever. And, and so, um, but not wanting to be seen, right. Not wanting some clunky mirror slap to, to spoil what you're trying to not hinder, you know? Yeah. And, um, and with photography, and, it's like easy to get like lost in the sauce of like the, the equipment and the, the processing. So is it almost like, Using the Leica, it, 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 it almost kind of like simplifies things for you. Like you don't have to worry about all the other like nonsense that you can use. Well, yeah, I mean the well, yeah, I mean the size of it. But to be honest with you, the size and being quiet, you know, not having a mirror. If I wanted to catch a moment that Mark Gonzalez and Nadis Coppice are having, I don't want to break that moment because they hear my mirror slap. Yep. And now they're like looking and they're like, oh, Ray's trying to shoot photos right now, <laughs> you, you know? And so, um, so anyways, the, the range finder, once I figured out, again, going back to like your voice, like these are all parts of what, these all play a big role in how you develop your voice, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and, and it is dictated by, what you're inspired by. So the rangefinder led me to this community of photographers who functioned from that approach, from a rangefinder and documenting moments, whether it's the war, 
whether it's National Geographic, social issues, whether it's just their life or whether it's just, um, you know, uh, themes and things that they're building and want to want to document, whatever, you know. Yeah. And so. So going back to hanging my photos at Leica, they're so steeped in that culture and that community that I just had a reverence for that setting and didn't want to put my, didn't feel worthy to be in that mix, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so to be presenting at that um, venue because of that history, because of all that. And I'm so, I'm very grateful for Thomas and Campbell and my buddy, Anthony Acosta and guys that encouraged me that were saying like, dude, stop tripping. Like you, you have the work, like make it happen basically. And then, so Thomas was like, look at dude, I don't want to look at all those nags, but I'll help you. But the, 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 the advice that he told me was like, make your proof sheet, go through everything and just mark what interests you. Don't think about it. Don't put too much thought into it. Just, you know, and then you start pulling those out and see what it wants to be, you know, and, or see what it is, you know? And so again, going back to the importance of editing, just the process of doing that, what that showed to me, cause it was a mirror into me, into my practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is when you do that, you'll start to see aspects of the fingerprint trying to come through. Because it's showing you what your interests are. Yep. Not only is it showing you that, but it's but it's also showing you how it's functioning, mm. if it's functioning. Because I saw a lot of ideas that I was continually trying to do that was not working. So you had to, like, and I made yeah, a decision. You got to, yeah, you got to. I made a decision of like, dude, I just got to quit. Every time I see that, I just got to stop trying to shoot that. Like, well, I like, can't what, make it what, happen. <laughs> what's like an example of like something like that? Like you kind of, when you had the time to edit, you're like, oh, maybe I need to work it's more, on. It's more, more like compositional kind of ideas with certain things mm-hmm. where you just can't really get to it. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but the, but the, but the point is, is that it becomes a mirror into your practice. It comes a mirror into your interests, you know, and, and it allows you to get an idea of what you're up to basically, you know? And so that, that was huge for me because it was at that point where I could start to see aspects of a fingerprint. And, And then from there I can be inspired to, you know, the direction to develop and, and pay attention to yeah, you just keep, and focus on. Yeah, you keep building on it. Yeah, because like one series of photos that you posted on your Instagram, which I was kind of curious about, um, it was like a series of photos. It was all this like couples. It was just like couples that oh, might yeah. be walking on the beach, might be like walking across the mm-hmm. street. And is like, is that is that something that you discovered through your editing that you just had these? Like, that was all, dude, that was all editing. So it's funny. I have a, I have a, I have folders on my hard drive where, yeah, once once I started editing for the show, and then it showed what the theme was because the o- overarching narrative is ten years with one camera and one lens, but but the narrative is me and my life, and then so then it got broke down to, to it, then it got compartmentalized, right? Just subjects within that, you know, and it's like I shoot my family, I shoot travel. I shoot music, you know, don't, I don't shoot 
skateboarding, but I shoot the culture and the community of it. You know what I mean? And and then my faith. So there's images of we're shooting at church or, you know, and so um, it it helped me to to kind of, well, first of all, too, the beauty of one camera and one lens is, and the beauty of, like, I just only shoot black and white because I'm the, the most excited about printing. I can't print color. Yeah. And so, um, but black and white's more exciting to me, too, because it's, it has the ability to be what it wants to be in the process. Like it has freedom even within what it's documenting because we don't see in black and white. So therefore I don't have the accountability that color has. Mm -hmm. People have an opinion of what a color should look like because everybody has an idea of it because they see it. But because we don't see in black and white, they can't say that my black and white is wrong. Yeah. And so there's way more freedom to do what I want to do with that. And so it's, it's a lot of those things that, that um, the combination of one camera, one lens. So your perspective is always coming within what that lens can do. Right. And so that brings unity. So more speaking on, even though there's these different subject matters, they all function well together because it's black and white, because of the my eye, the way I approach, you know, composition or framing or organization, whatever you want to call it. And then it being black and white, you know what I mean? And so it allowed, there's a, there's a, they all function together, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, there's a glue that all of that informs. It glues it all together, you know? And so, um, so anyways, like for, for, for me, um, that whole process of editing, it really helped me to, um, again, to see what I was up to. So going back to those like little series and things, mm-hmm. as I'm looking through the next to find out what would function in the show, I'm finding all this other stuff that they're their own little narratives and themes. And so I'm like, dang, there's another person sleeping. There's another person sleeping. Had bo- I would just uh, put them bo- in the folder. Keep people reading books. That was like another series you had. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, and this is just stuff that I'm grabbing, not really being conscious of. I'm not sitting there being like, I'm working on this project. It's just when I would see it, I would shoot it, you know? Yeah, and so, so now it like informs your work going forward. So now that you know you have that series, so like it's not like so much that you're going after looking for it now, but if something pops up, like, oh, shit, I got another book reader today. Add that to the, add that to the collection pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. I liken it, but when you shoot in this way, traveling and just in the moment, it's like – it's like what Prasan did, or you can see it in those guys' work. They just, it was a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. It was just, a, they're playing. It was a game. Yeah. It was like, dude, I want to walk around and see what I can do, right? It's, it, there's, it's like getting out of the house and jumping on your skateboard. You know that you want to have fun and go do tricks. Yeah. And, you know, and it's that same kind of thing where it's like, it becomes a list on your scavenger hunt. It's just more things that are in your conscience that now you, you're already grabbing them, but now they're a little more highlighted, yeah. like what you're saying. And so that's kind of where that stuff came from. It's like I would have these folders of like readers, sleepers, um, couples, um, uh, flags, you yeah. know. I look at these folders and just be like, dang, they're already like 15 images deep or something. 
something, yeah. you know? And then, and then I'll, and when I go out and I see that, yeah, I just grab it. Cause I'm like, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's right there. Let me just, why not add to it? And who knows at some point there could be something interesting, a compilation of all of this or one of them or something, you know? Do you ever like, cause like some, everyone's different, like how they approach photography. Like some people like working in terms of like a project, like, do you ever like, like assign yourself a pro project or something like within like a parameter or is it more just kind of like you said it's just kind of documenting life coming at you because um, it's interesting because every photographer has a different way of like working like some people are like oh, i'm gonna do a project on i don't know texas or i'm gonna do a project on some like baseball thing like do you ever try to work that yeah. way before or not so much yeah yeah i mean i've done projects for my sponsors yeah. you know and so um so yeah, there's some like more specific kind of uh, approaches to like I did a panoramic project for um, you know Element when I was riding for Element skateboards. Um, uh, we did a capsule collection based around my interest in photography, you know, and so I wanted to do photos that were more accessible. I felt, mm -hmm. you know, and I was always interested in the movie format like that. I don't know if it's sixteen nine. Yeah, it's like wide. Um, yeah, and so, but there's no camera that has that. I mean, I guess you could probably modify a four by five and make a holder for it. But, um, but so then the next best best thing was a pano, panoramic, yeah. and so um, I wanted to explore the energy of that frame because it's so dynamic, that width, you know, and and, and I already have an affection towards you know. Uh, abstraction, if you will, you know, and so for that project, I was like, man, it could be interesting to explore this panoramic, the energy of a panoramic frame and create like a postcard book to come out with the capsule collection, have some kind of representation of the photography because the collection is based around my interest in photography. Yeah. And so, um, so little projects like that, you know, or vans because of that, then vans with their retail store, they have a flagship store in LA and, my buddy Akko, who's in, um, you know, the art department, was like, hey, Ray, shoot some abstract street spots, <laughs> like iconic L.A. street spots for the store, you know. So it's little little things like that where they're a little more uh, specific, you yeah. know. But, um, but, but a lot of, but the, but the panoramic, because I have a 30 millimeter with my pano, because I feel like that lens, that's what makes that camera happen at least for me because the energy with that lens and that format it really is dynamic you when, know when and you so first, when you first started shooting panoramics what did it take you a while to kind of get it like a feel of it because it's like going from like 35 to panoramic just the composition is completely different like is there anything you kind of learned yeah. from like approaching well i'm a yeah i'm a, I'm a creature of habit yeah. like again like i've been 10 years with one camera and one lens like i have a leica m6 with a 35 simicron <laughs> and and i always say it as far as i'm concerned it's a fixed lens camera <laughs> and so like and so, and so i'm a i'm a creature of habit like what was really interesting about processing and looking over all those frames i realized that i'm only scratching the surface of what this 35 millimeter lens focal length can do mm. and so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's not broke. Uh, 
don't fix it kind of thing, it's it's one less thing that I have to get accustomed to. It becomes a you know an appendage. Like mm-hmm. I know what it's going to do before I get the camera in my eye. I already know the frame yeah. because of like I'm familiar with it, you know. And and I don't see a need in what I'm doing to switch that up. And so for me, because I'm a creature of habit, for this other project, I had to make it be something its own thing so it doesn't compete i guess yeah. it just has to be its own thing and so that that's just kind of how that serves like i don't walk around shooting like i do with the m6 with that panel i don't like shooting people with the panel it's more th- i don't like trying to get it's more thought out if you're, go- if you're gonna use it dude it's my it's my four by five and my eight by ten you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's my that's how that's how i use it it's like where it shines is just you know landscape architecture just being able to be abstract and graphic with it mm-hmm. you know what i mean um not trying to catch an emotion or a moment with people or anything it's way more of like painting or graphic i mean it all functions in painting and graphic like even the 35 stuff it's got that but this is expressed in such a different way and it's the lens is put before different subjects basically yeah i don't put that lens before the same subject as i put the the m6 you know Mm. and so and so that so um so yeah it's more just intuitive and yeah like i'm not as comfortable with it but there's there's something i embrace with that you know because once you know something then you then you're dealing with habits and things and Mm. so there is that there is that thing when something's fresh and you're exploring and you don't know what you're doing is wrong yeah and it's really genuine to your idea and, and the enthusiasm of what you're wanting to do. There's something that um, is special in that, and and um, and that's how that felt, you know, um, and the challenge of it. But when you're taking your time and you're not trying to catch quick moments, you know, yeah. then you can manage, you know. And I was doing this a lot actually. I would use my iPhone. This only worked with the 45 because I did shoot some stuff that was 45. Yeah. But I would just shoot it with my iPhone, crop it into a pano, and get a sense of how it, you know it was my Polaroid back. Uh, my yeah. iPhone was my Polaroid back. Gives you an idea for my for my for my X pan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I could get a sense because I could convert it to black and white in little Photoshop app. Yeah. Get a sense of where the tones are lying and just and be like, okay, cool. And then boom, grab it and spend the time to place it, you know, but that's the fun part of photography for me is the, you know, I really believe it's composition. It's the language, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like of what you're trying to express. Like we wouldn't have this conversation if I didn't, if we didn't learn English and learn how to use our words to express, you know, and, and there's there's such a, a respect for that compositional language. And I think that's why I love and gravitated towards my heroes, the Magnum dudes, because, man, they speak that language so well. And to me, it's like the M6 with the 35 millimeter lens. It's so versatile because you've got everybody, most of pro skateboarding, everybody's functioning from the same type of skateboard yeah it's just wheels and the trucks and 
You know what I mean? And so, but everybody's super expressive and there's a lot of variety and variation. You know what I mean? And so I really see within that community, they all shot with (laughs) most of them, 35 millimeter. You have guys that were 50 guys. You have guys that were 28, but they all really sat in that little cluster. Yeah. And I would say the bulk of it, 50 and 35, Mm -hmm. just because of the time and maybe financially, maybe there wasn't much wide glass that was as good, you know? Yeah. But, but, but you look at all those guys' work and you're like, dude, you see them in it. Mm. And the language that they've developed with, I guess what I'm trying to say, what they chiseled with just a hammer. Nothing special about the hammer other than it's solid and can do what it needs to do. But it was the idea and the craftsmanship of the craftsmen that makes it special. And I guess that pertains to a lot of photography, but that community, when, when, when you're holding the same tool that they had and you're seeing what they do, it's not the tool. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's, Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's their ideas. It's, it's their, the way that they see light. It's what they studied and built in learning the language of composition and all what everything and how they interact you know? with like the world around them people like i can have an m6 the same one you have but the way that like i interact with people is going to be different than you and how you approach it is like completely different so it's like yeah like everyone puts their touch on it like like go back to skateboarding. Yeah. like you said everyone there's one ledge and you might do a back tail different than this guy and every guy is going to look a little different everyone's got their little touch on it and nobody has a skateboard that is inferior to the other. Everything sits in the same space. Yep. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like there's not like some wood, like one dude doesn't show up with some aerodynamic fiber skateboard that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like everybody's functioning with the same tool, more or less, mm. you know? And so, um, yeah, and I guess, again, going back to just the reverence and the importance of, like, not only documenting the moment, but there's a lot of people documenting moments, but I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is the importance of learning the language. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between the articulation of, you know, we're, we're talking about hip-hop. There's certain MCs where you're just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, those dudes tied that train of thought with those words like the craftsmanship of that, you know what I mean? Do you feel, and, like, you feel like it's important to know the history of your craft, be it like music, photography, or even like skateboarding? Is that something like, do you, do you feel like you take Well, away? I feel, me personally, I feel like, man, those cats, like those cats are serving, the, they're saving time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've already like gone through like the hard aspect to discover and now it's there so there's so much worth in their experiences that can inform you and help save you time like you could either take the long route or you can take the shorter route and they're the shorter route to me yeah you know i feel like that's why skateboarding can progress so fast is because like no matter what we're standing on the shoulders of giants and so like the hard work is done but showing that it can be done is the hard work the hardest work, I'm sorry. Yeah. Once you see that it's done, the doubt aspect not being in the mix, 
allows you to get to something quicker because you know it can be done. You don't have to wrestle and battle the doubt of it being done because these cats have showed that it can be done. Yeah. Not only have they showed that it can be done, but they, they're showing you how it can be done. Yeah, where they, they had to figure out the how and battle the what if. Yeah, they built they built you know what I mean? they built the foundation already. It's like they like, did the they did the hard work, dude. Skateboarding's crazy. Right. I, was, I was interested in talking to you about that because like I started skateboarding in like ninety five, ninety six and even just looking at skateboarding from now to then, which in the grand scheme of things isn't even that long of a period of time and like the progression is like even like five years ago, ten years ago, skateboarding just keeps getting more technical. It gets bigger, and people keep keep building on it and building on it. And is like someone you're like been a professional skateboarder for years. Like, did you ever like feel the pressure to like keep up with like the technical aspect to the next guy, or did you kind of this like? I guess it goes back to style. The same thing we're talking about, like photography, is like you kind of find your lane, or like how did you kind of view that aspect of it? Because like every year is crazy. It's like these guys like yeah. Shane O'Neill and Nigel, it's like every month I'm like, yeah. my mind is blown. It's nuts. Yeah, totally. I mean, the reality is, is for me at least, like, again, me saying earlier that, you know, you're, you're, you set your own, you set the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, an, there's a standard that gets set from being a part of, the community and the culture or whatever you want to call skateboarding. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's an internal drive. It's the same drive that gets applied to everything, whether it's printing or shooting photos or playing music or whatever. There's a, that bar doesn't go away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that is what's behind the drive, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, the ability to do these things, the humbling reality of the body deteriorating, yep. that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But but the internal drive, what informs the internal drive, yeah, it could be aspects of like you want to stay relevant, you wanna you wanna you wanna earn your keep. It's a drive to earn your keep and not be it have it be a handout, if you will. Yeah. When you're still making a living doing it, like I am, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so there is some wrapping your head and navigating those issues in internally in your own heart of how you're perceiving those things, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, one thing we know is just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it's true, yep. you know, but if you're battling in your heart about your relevance or you're doubting just what it looks like to be getting older in skateboarding, but still being relevant and still having opportunities, but but it's it's not functioning in what it used to function in, where it was all about like you know uh, the performance. You know, like every skateboarder has a window in in their time being a pro skateboarder. Yeah. And what they do in that window will dictate how long the opportunities thereafter to still be relevant and a part of the industry, if that makes sense. 
Definitely, yeah. And so there's like certain guys who just have like like you think of like Tom Penny or like Steve Caballero, yourself, like you've like because there's like amazing skateboarders in the last ten years that had amazing video parts and you just don't see them anymore. And that could be for a variety of reasons. Maybe they they found new passions in life and they're doing different things. But it is just like a it's a it's a very hard thing to even get into yeah. that skate world but to maintain it for as long as you have or like steve cab like what do you think it is it's been able like the longevity aspect of like what you've done because like not very many people can do it so so all these names and we can name so many names and and, and most of these names all of these names are what can prizes of the skateboard hall of fame right yeah. and so when it's your time, what you do when it's your time, because every skater has their time where they're the dudes, right? Yep. And so what you do during that time, um, the emotional connections that is uh, made through, you know, you name it, right? Like all of the ingredients that are part of an emotional connection, the way the dude skates, you know, the, the, their style, the personality, the board brand that they're a part of, like all of those factors play a role, right? But one thing that skateboarding does is it has its own. And that's the one thing that, you know, as much as there's, um, you know, people want to point out the differences in skateboarding and traditional sports, there's the, there's, there's the, there's, the aspect of, I guess what I'm kind of what I'm trying to say is the parallels of skateboarding in sports that I appreciate. The common ground is that they the honor and the appreciation to people who came and contributed to it. Yeah. Right. So if you look at all these people that still have opportunities now, what they did in their window contributed something to skateboarding in such a way to where the, the community or the, the, the industry, at least the people in the industry at that time, will keep it, will yeah. want, feels the importance of it playing still playing a role in what skateboarding is yeah you like and you earn that respect because it's like like in, that, my, in yeah. my mind like guys like i have no problem if steve caballero has a board when he's 90 years old it just makes sense like gino ianucci like you said like they're in that window and they like you said in that window they put it down and they earn that respect to to like it's like it's like almost like yeah, now i think of it it's like why is why is kobe bryant or like like uh, Michael Jordan, they got their number in the rafters because for that window that they were playing, they they earned that respect of like the people exactly. in, in that community, and it's like yeah, it's, and people get just as excited like if 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 Michael would have put up some footage of him being, uh, you know, just getting a pickup game or yeah, something, yeah, you know, if footage turned up of that, could get be a lot of people excited just oh, to see that, just to see yeah. that. Even though he, even though he's nowhere where he was, no, you can't be. No, but the fact that the fact that my man still is out there and loves doing it, and 
you're, you're going to get glimpses of that. Yeah. You're going to get moments of that. People like it means a lot to people, yeah. you know? And so there's, there's, you know, in, in, I would always chip out on, you know, you could, you could see magic or Kareem sitting in the crowd. People are just as excited to see them <laughs> as the people on the, uh, the cats on the floor at the time, you know, yeah, because it's, like, on. it's, it's mm-hmm. because I think it's like, uh, like when I think about skateboarding, like the, I'm sure every skateboarder has this, the videos, the skate videos that meant something to you, like when you were like younger and like oh, skateboarding was your entire life. Like for me, like some of the videos that I remember, like modus operandi, like that was a big video when I was like in high school or something. Rad. And I look yeah. back and there's this like a reverence for that, like like looking back totally. on it. And it's like that's the interesting thing, like I was interested in talking to you about is being a professional skateboarder, you've had this like opportunity to travel the world like ten times over and you you could go to Japan, you could go to Europe and you could show up to skate park. And people are going to know who you are because you, you put in that work of like putting out video parts, the magazines, like, like, what does that mean to you? Like, does it still trip you out now? Like when you're traveling around with vans and people, they, they remember you from like their childhood looking at that video might've been the firm or 411 or whatever it might be. Cause that's like an interesting thing that most people are never going to experience that in life. It, it, it's an interesting dynamic of being a pro skateboarder, especially at your level. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I put my faith in Jesus, so I'm so grateful for His grace in just allowing me to be a part of something that I love doing, and allowing me to, uh, I guess, be developing it at a time when it was at the start of something new. Yeah. Um. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I first and foremost, I'm just so grateful and humble that I have that opportunity. Um, and that was all just grace and, and, like, not earned, if you will, you know, um, but received, right? Yeah. Because I was just, I was just stumbling across tricks, you know? Yeah. But it was at a time where people hadn't seen that stuff, you know? It was at a time when street skating was just starting, you know, in the sense of like really the, the industry being like, this is our direction. We're committed now. Yeah. Stacy being like, you know, let's call this street style. Yeah. And now let's put, let's put these like little dudes out in the streets <laughs> skating. Let's give them pro models. And now let's put aside the plans that we had for the next vert models. Yeah. Like it shifted courses, you know, yeah. and, and I understand I'm very grateful for where, for being around during that time, mm. you know, because it's, it's because of that time that you're contacting me now, yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? And, exactly. and my, my opportunities now and Instagram's a crazy one to see the emotional connection of that moment and that time, you know, and, and, and so I'm just very grateful and humbled. Um, and and I guess I don't take that lightly, but at the same time, um, the perspective on it is that, um, you know, God's grace. I'm very grateful, you know, and and for 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 
for people to have an emotional connection and be inspired by something that I was just doing, what's going to do anyways, whether I turn pro or amateur or not yeah. for them, for that to help them to chase their dreams and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Dude. So like, that's where it's just like, wow. Cause like, so grateful. What do you think you've learned most from the, the aspect of traveling? Because like, like getting the opportunity to travel like the way you have like most people are not going to be able to travel this that far in their life it's it's just most people don't you can but it's hard sometimes it's because you know responsibilities people get busy well, yeah. and but the thing that's interesting about you guys being a professional skateboarder you've gotten the opportunity to travel everywhere but it's not just that you've gotten to travel it's like when you show up to these cities the local skate shop and the skate community, they want to show you their spots. They want to bring you to their favorite eat spots. So you, you get this like really inside look into like a, a real community. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, that's an interesting thing. I think about being a pro skateboarder is like, not only do you get to travel, but you get to meet all these people and those people you get to meet at those demos or skate shops. They're, they're not only happy to, they're excited to show you their community. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be honest with you, early on, it was really hard for me because I didn't really know what being a pro skateboarder entailed, you know? Like, I was I was definitely enamored with the, the glitter of it, if you will, like having your own board and being in videos and magazines. <laughs> but, I, but I had no way to really understand, like, the reality of people's interest towards you because of those things. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, you know, like when pros came to the local ramp that we skated, I just came from that, uh, you know, I came from that like, dude, you let these cats do their thing. They don't know you. You don't know them. Don't bug them. Like there was just this like reverence, if you will. It's just like, dude, I can't even say hi. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just come from that, you know? Definitely. And so... And so I had no way to really um, prepare for the amount of people and the attitudes because of their affection towards you because of these videos and things, you know, and tours where you're like kind of nervous for your life in some ways, because after the demo, this one in particular in Mexico, Bones Brigade demo. Yep. Dude, I don't know, dude. Everybody just ran towards us, and we were just <laughs> stuck in the middle, dude. And I was just like, oh, what the heck, dude? And they had to, like, get us into the van, and we're in the van, and they're just shaking the van, dude. And we're just like, where's the driver? Like, what the heck? And I'm, I'm 16, 17, just being like, I just want to be staying with my friends. Like, I didn't want this attention. Yeah. yeah. And then I didn't want the weird awkwardness of people, like, not being able to, like, like, you know, like I, I learned during that time that because I always knew that, like, man, just the person who just learned some tricks, yeah. like you guys do your thing. Like I'm interested in what you do, but when when people are just like, you know, uh, I guess the term nowadays they call it fanning out, but it's fanning out to this level where it's just like you can't really. It's it's very uncomfortable, at least for me. Yeah. Like I wasn't sitting there being like. I wasn't sitting there being like, yeah, yeah, I'm a dude. I was sitting there being like, dang, this sucks. 
Yeah. Like, I just want to get out. I just want to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, because at the end of the day, just you're just a skateboarder like them. When you're not on tour, you're, you're skating the local Safeway parking lot like that kid, too. You're just in California by yourself. It's really, totally. It's just, yeah, people. Totally. I just learned some tricks. And, yeah. But people wouldn't, didn't, weren't able to, they put you on a pedestal, right? Like, they couldn't get it to, you know, the, the, the emotional aspect of it was very, uh, it was tough, man. Yeah. So, so. So I guess what I'm trying to say it wasn't until kind of later as, as kind of, you know, getting older where I was able to kind of, that didn't get me as much. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I could kind of more see the people that were like appreciative, but they weren't, it wasn't like an unhealthy, you know what I mean? Like you appreciate cats, but you're like, but you still, there's still a perspective of like, like, person like yeah they have this ability but doesn't make them any different than you definitely as a human being as a a value or sense of worth or nothing (laughs) doesn't change none of that it's just like man like they got into something they do it and to me to be honest with you for me it's just it makes me be more amazed at god's glory and and his because we're created in his image so i'm just like it further it's just to me they're echoes of him Mm. and if people have any abilities and talents it's so it's it's kind of like you know um i honor the hard work and everything but even that ability was given to them you know and so it keeps it on this plane of like dude nobody's more valuable than anybody else in his sight and in reality for me you know what i mean and so for me knowing that the 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 the, the the weight the balance of the weights are so off in these moments yeah like you guys are not whoa you know what i mean like yeah like and when people are crying and saying like <laughs> do you know who you are and, and i'm like oh my yeah, I mean, Ooh, how, how, where's that back door dude <laughs> <laughs> how do i how do, yeah. I, how do i get out of this moment because we're not gonna this is just gonna be some weird thing we're just standing there and i'm just like yes yeah, and tight. i'm like and i, and I love people Yep. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm like way more interested in them. Yeah. Like, dude, what do you guys do? What is it like over here? So it wasn't until I got older that um that I was able to um I guess people it didn't have much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh it, it it sat in a space that was like we could dialogue and get past that, basically. I always, I was, I was respected. Like, cause I remember there used to be like skate demos. Like, I don't know if the companies still do this as much as they used to, but like back in like late nineties, like teams would come through my local skate park and you'd get to see, like, I remember like Osiris came through and then blind. And I think like Duff's had a tour and it was like Matt Hensley came and it was really interesting to see the guys that like, they took it, not, not the, I don't know if they, this right phrase, they, they took it seriously. Like, they went and skated the demo, and they talked to the kids, and they, like, took it seriously. Whereas you could tell some guys, like, I don't know, maybe they're just, like, not good at talking to people. But, like, did you view it like yeah. that when you're touring? You're like, hey, no, man. I think, I think, no, and I, I think that's, like, I think that's what I was meaning. Yeah. It's like, once I matured yeah. and saw, like, accepted that like you know what this is a moment to where i could get past that awkwardness of how they perceive me Mm -hmm. and try to try to break that and try to make it where it's like no but when i was younger i was just didn't have that desire didn't see that i was just over like the 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 shift in the 
the weights of like, dude, this is so off. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just wanted them to like snap too. Yeah, exactly. And then once, as I got, as I got older, I realized that I can play a role in them snapping too by diffusing it, by not wanting to bounce from it, but just engage with it and call it out a little in, in a, in an encouraging way in a way that's more making fun of myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, totally, and then man. try yeah. to try to break the ice Just so be human. people can relax. Just be human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like relax. Like, yeah. be like, oh, okay, no, you know what? This dude is just like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and but it was through, it wasn't until my 20s that I had that desire. No, that's smart. That's 16 smart. and stuff, dude. <laughs> no, 16, no. 17. I was just like, dude, no shit. like, let me get with my homies. This sucks. Yeah. Um, couple more you questions. Know? I guess one more question. I don't want to take up your whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've been able to manage to, like, create this life for yourself where you, you're a photographer, you're a musician, a pro skateboarder. Like, what is it you think, like, how have you been able to do this and maintain it, you think? Because, like, a lot of people out there, they might be listening to this. They're working some job they hate, and they want to, they wanna like, start going and doing their passion, whatever it may be, music, photography. Maybe they want to make boats. I don't know. But, like, how, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think it is that, like, you've been able to, like, maintain? Because, as you know, like, being a creative person, it's, like, it, it ebbs and flows. Like, sometimes you got jobs, sometimes you don't. I know from my friends who have been sponsored skaters, sometimes you got sponsors, sometimes they go away, sometimes the paycheck goes down. Like, how, how have you been able to, like, maintain that career of, like, creating this lifestyle for yourself, you think? And then I guess finally, like, what would you, what advice would you give to those people out there that, that want to follow their passions? Yeah, man. I, I would say, I'll answer the last one first, yeah. the yeah. last part of it. I would say, like, you can never underestimate the value and the importance of community. Yeah. Like, com- community really is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but, not, but not just any community, but, like, be very selective and opinionated um, about the community that you want to co dream with if you will yeah um because it doesn't serve you i feel like a lot of people surround themselves a lot of people find themselves you know in a community where you have a lot of people that have ideas but aren't really doing anything Mm -hmm. and in the process are bitter because someone else got these opportunities for whatever reason, and they should have had it. And so yeah. that's not the community I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about being a part of a community where, with, with like-minded people and, and that like-mindedness coming from the, the common interest, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. But it's from that community that opportunities will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's through relationships and, and connections that pe- you you, you want to be in a community that um, that encourages and I guess to a certain extent affirms, about, validates, um, and recognizes 
what you're doing and want to do, you know? And if you're in a community that, that sees that and functions that way, then they're, they're for you and not against you. And so if they're for you, then they'll think of you if something comes around where you can, uh, you know, help or be a part of, right? Um, because I know for me, so many of my opportunities, so much of, you know, how I've been able to do what I've been doing for so many years comes from others, yeah. comes from people at the brands, people that being like, dude, we want, we want Ray. We want Ray to come play this event. Mm-hmm. Let's have Ray do the music for this. Let's get Ray's photography for this. Let's, you know what I mean? And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I've been very blessed and spoiled because it's the community that has me. Um, because I don't ever, I've never, I've never reached out for things. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds. That's good. I've just never, um, it just is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm very grateful, but everybody's journey is different. I'm just more sharing my journey. Exactly. My journey function that way because, but I identify it to community, mm-hmm. you know? And so I would encourage people be in a good community, like be aware of your community. Right. And, and, and your craft, like, like really, um, that work ethic, right? Just mm-hmm. work hard at what you're doing. Like, yeah. you know, um, because you want to give the community, you want to justify them rooting for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so if they're saying, let's get so-and-so to do this, like, you know, like, well, they're not going to do it until they see that craft anyways, a lot of times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm just saying like, like hone in your craft, like your passion, like, like work hard at it, develop it. You know what I mean? But, but it's all, it all works together. You can't have one without the other is what I'm trying to say. And then, and then it's, you know, I would say the third thing is personality, right? Like those things that, that you would desire in the community, be that person doing that thing in the community for others also. Definitely. If you desire to be encouraged or affirmed or whatever, like, like do that for them. Definitely. You know, build each other, and, build, and, build, and build each other up. That's the thing. It's like help other ex- people. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not this, it's a community thing. It's not like a, I need this from you. So therefore, um, you know, it's like, no, like I'm there for you also. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? There's a difference in like definitely needing something from somebody or, you know, coming in and trying to help them, mm-hmm. you know? And so people, People, whether they know it or not, they want to surround themselves with those people. And if you're that person, then you most likely will have more opportunities than the person that's not or something, you know. Definitely. Um, but I'm just speaking from my thing. You yeah, know? totally, I, there's so There's so many people that approach it in so many different ways, and and, and that works with their personality and everything. Yeah. But, but just speaking from seeing people get not get opportunities or not get uh, embraced or, or, or included with communities. When I think about like the common denominator to those people, the deja vu moments of those people, yeah. usually people that it's 
it's pretty obvious that they're just about themselves. Definitely. And that they're just needing something from you, yeah. you know? And and uh, humanity doesn't want to be around that. <laughs> no way, man. It's like, it's bad juju. It's bad, it's bad vibes. It's just like, if you, I think it's like, if you truly love photography, like the main reason I started this thing is like, it's like, because I, I didn't have like a huge community. So I was like, man, I just want to fucking bro down and shoot the shit with photographers and hear what they're doing. It's not like, I don't make any money from this. I just do it because I love it and get to learn from photographers. And it's like, I think it, go back, it goes back to what you say. Like, just focus on your craft. Don't worry about like the, the, the results in terms of like a gallery show or book. Just like focus on your craft and have fun with it. And like, whatever, like if shit happens, yeah, comes your way, it will come your way. If not, like that's just the breaks. Well, yeah, and that's not, and, and, and I understand what you're saying. I just want to clarify that that's not really what, what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm more saying that a community will help you get those opportunities to be in the galleries. I'm yeah. not saying don't don't aspire to the gallery. That could be your main thing, oh, and that's good. 100%. You know, you know what I mean? Definitely. But But the process in doing that, I'm more saying that a community would maybe help usher that desire in, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, you know, like, but some people could do a cold call or whatever. I'm just, yeah. mine is just what I've seen as an approach that, um, uh, that I've, you know, experienced with kind of those aspirations, you know, yeah. it's like the, the communities can help usher in, help you get those opportunities because, it's just like anything, man. Like emotional connection is everything because, you know, like uh, Vans was doing a thing at their um, retail stores for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and it was encouraging college students, you know, yeah. and um, uh, and these students, these students, these students aren't um, necessarily skaters. They're like in sororities and frat or, you know, yeah. um, or just, just, you know, they, they, they weren't time for skateboarders, skateboarding per se. And so, um, uh, and so basically they were like, they were getting, um, they were getting artists to speak to them at the band's retail stores. And they were like, Ray, would you want to do, would you talk with them? And I was like, yeah, I'll talk with them. And, and when I started to think about like, man, what could, you know, I've never went I didn't go to college. I had an opportunity to have my own yeah. board um, end of high, senior year. So, I, you know, I was able to keep everybody at bay with all the questions of like, so what are you going to do? What college are you going to do? And I was like, ah, <laughs> holding my board or whatever. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to try the skateboard thing for a year or so or whatever. Yeah. I had no idea I'd be 30 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, I was like, man, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to college. So I can't relate to them on that level. Like, what can I encourage them with? And that's what I was talking to him about is like, yeah, you know, you have your subject matter that you're studying, right? Um, but just as important, if not more, is building community. Mm -hmm. It's like the community. Because here's the thing, like, when you leave college and you get out into the world, and now it's time to find a job, like, you're going to need somebody rooting for you. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is it doesn't have to be much because 
you know, gin in human resource um, to put in a word for her son's friend's mom. Yeah. And she'll she'll get put to the front of the application list, not being as qualified as everything under just because of that. Yep. As little as that, you know. Definitely. And so, just again, the importance of community. Like we need each other, and the role that that plays towards you know these dreams and aspirations. And I think skateboarding. It's so we're spoiled because it's um, it's inherent. Yeah. You automatically have it. Yeah, that is you like the coolest thing it. about skateboarding. Like you can pretty much you don't even have to be a pro skateboarder. You can just be like it's a normal skateboarder. It's like you do it for fun. You can go pretty much any 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 country, any city in America, and you can go to a local spot and you, you'll Fine. you'll find a friend. Like it's pretty cool. Exactly, man. Yeah, and so I'm not. I'm not. I'm speaking from a, a spoiled place. Yeah. But it doesn't do away with the yeah. truth of it or the principle. You know what I mean? And, and it might man. be more challenging. Might be more challenging for other, you know, uh, interests and things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's worth. Uh, it's worth getting over that learning curve yeah. because you, you know, you need it. You know. Well, that's all good advice, man. I can't thank you enough, Ray. And uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Like I said, I've been a big fan of your music, your skateboarding, everything. And it was a real pleasure talking to you. Um, so I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. Oh, right on, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me on board, man. Super, Definitely. super cool podcast. And uh, yeah, man, honored to be a part of it. So there you have it. That was the Ray Barbie interview. Uh, just want to thank Ray so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, like I said, I've been a big fan of Ray's skateboarding uh, since I was a kid, as well as his music and photography. Uh, just a really creative guy, and this uh, re- brings a lot of positivity to everything he does. Uh, so it's a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him. Um, definitely go check out Ray's Instagram at uh, r.barbie. Um, you can see a lot of the work he's doing, photography, skateboarding, lots of cool stuff up there. I'll post the link in the description, but definitely go give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, as well as our YouTube page, The Photo Banter. Uh, So definitely go check it out there. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and take care.